Hello everyone. Good day. Good morning. It's uh, Friday, the, the 1st of, of September. Yeah. We just realized it's Friday already. We we're supposed to upload our podcast today. Uh, what you hear is uh, one of the fishing boats coming past. They use uh, these long shafts uh, engines, which are actually... Maybe just wait until they pass, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how much is actually getting paid. Okay, go for it. Uh, they use long shafts. Long shafts, <laughs> which I thought were like special outboard engines, which actually, yeah, yeah. No, carry on. turns out to be it's a, a weed eater. I don't know what the other word for it is. The thing you use to trim the the grass, the motorized one, and they just replace the engine. The no, not uh, the engine. They just replace. They put a, a lot like at the end where normally the thing is that cuts the grass. Yeah. They just put a prop. Uh, it's, it's much, very clever. Yeah, it's much cheaper than an outboard engine. That's what everyone here uses. It's quite funny. I'd seen it in on uh, videos of like the Amazon. I know there they use it, but I didn't know it was like a common thing everywhere in Brazil. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we are in Cabodelo, more precisely in Jacare. Yeah. Jacare. Yeah. Jacare means crocodile. Alligator. Is it alligator? I, I think it it's alligator because uh, uh, yesterday uh, the vet. Yeah. Sent me a, a message. Let me actually say, I was, yeah. and I was so confused because he was saying, um, "Hold on, it was like, is we'll, it is we'll it get quiet? Into why we is call it, the vet? Yeah, yeah. Coco is okay. Just so people know, don't worry. Nothing I'm, wrong with Coco. Uh, he says, I mean, like, is it quiet or is it uh, um, oh, friend? Is quiet or local? I asked because recently I had waves of violence in alligator. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? That's like obviously the auto, I mean, the translate, Google Translate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, yeah, we've, we are in Brazil. <laughs> like, uh, we've been here for almost two weeks now. Or just over a week and a half. Two weeks on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, we want to do an episode where we give our impressions, well, first impressions of Brazil, of uh, Jacare, which is uh, the kind of suburb within Cabadelo mm. uh, and Jaupasau, which actually is the big city next to Cabadelo. Cabadelo and Jaupasau are like two... Cabadelo is like the port and Jaupasau is the big city, which is also the capital of the province, which is... You say Paraiba? Paraiba, yeah. Which is in the northeast of Brazil. So also, I don't know if you can hear the water running in the background. Yeah, so we're actually moored on the... We're moored now. We were first uh, anchored, but we moved to mooring because we needed to do work on the engine and stuff. Um, but yeah, the the river has like strong tides, so twice a day the the tide runs into the river and and there's a, a current going upstream into the town and then obviously also downstream. And since it's just been a super full moon and there's been a lot of rain, the this is the current coming out of the river, which is very strong, actually. It's uh, yeah, it's quite impressive. Yeah, we had a, a I think two nights ago we had a super a full moon and a super moon. I think everyone had. It's not just you. Oh, I thought it was just us. <laughs> and a blue moon. <laughs> well, I felt like we were the lucky ones, but I guess yeah. everyone was lucky. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. So, but then it also like affects the tide a little bit more. You see, the yeah. water's got so high, which is really cool. Yeah, it's um, actually like yeah. Uh, yesterday we went to a little market, which is just further like up the 
banks of the river, and at one point the the little walkway was uh, submerged. We had submerged, to walk. yeah, in the in the water. We had to take our shoes off. To yeah, because yeah. it was high tide, and like yeah, tide is still very high. So anyway, so how's our first week been? A uh, week and a half, yeah, it's been good. I um, too. Yeah. Um, but we did some really cool stuff. I'm, I, I mean. I don't know. We had a really good time in the like last weekend, and I suppose we've been settling more and more into living here, li- being here, yeah. yeah because well, living, the, yeah. the first week was like still like I suppose catching our breath, becoming more conscious. Yeah, just <laughs> actually the, the first two yeah. three nights was just sleeping, mm-hmm. and the days we were a bit dazed, which we still are, but it's now it's more because of the heat and yeah. Uh, so on the weekend, uh, oh yeah. So when we were in Saint Helena, I think we mentioned last time. I'm not sure. We uh, we met some uh, Brazilians. Who uh, are yeah, we're working in in Saint Helena. Yeah, they're working in Saint Helena. They've got a contract there, um, and shame they were really sweet. They uh, made a connection for us here in uh, Jao Pasal. Maybe we can just mention their names. You you mentioned the names because I'm not sure how to say names at all. Maria and Pedro. Oh no, sorry, I, mean, I thought I was talking about the locals. No, ah, no, yeah. no, no, Maria and Pedro we met in yeah. Santa Lina. Yeah. Uh, and Pedro, before we arrived, he actually sent a WhatsApp message to his friend Talis here in... Um, uh, they actually live in... Well, well they live in Cabadelo. Yeah. Ah, she lives in Cabadelo. Her sister lives in Cabadelo. Yeah. I don't know, I think he might live in Jao Pasal. <laughs> uh, no, good friends of theirs. Actually, um, Maria and Pedro said... This is actually the. They're, I think they're either from. Um, they're think from further south, so either. Sao Paulo. I Sao think Paulo, he's from. yeah. And uh, their friends are from Rio. Mm. They actually asked, like, "Are oh, we from Rio? Do you know it?" But the way she pronounces, like, oh, "No, never heard of this." And this is, she's like, "Oh, wow, <laughs> you never heard of Rio?" <laughs> anyway, no, they're, they're very, uh, very. Lovely. Lovely. I mean, uh, so um, uh, Talis was, feels a bit like yeah, the, like um, self-conscious about his English, but his English is, is really good. And um, his sister uh, Tai or Tayana, um, yeah, she's been taking English lessons. So that's one thing. Like in Brazil, there's very few people who speak English at all, actually. And even the people who speak English, this. They're not very fluent because they don't speak English. Uh, they don't get a lot of opportunities, I think, to speak English. Which I think was before we came for me a little bit of a worry. It's like how are we gonna get around? But you get you. I mean, we you learned a bit of uh, Portuguese uh, via Duolingo, and I know I've learned French in school, and in Belgium, French is quite quite common. Uh, from that, like from traveling in in Europe, I learned a bit of Spanish, and then with that, like I can kind of understand a bit of Portuguese. But you learn the, the basics, like bon dia, or that's how they say it. Uh, apparently, in Rio they say bon dia. Dia. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and uh, just yeah, which is good morning. I thought it meant good day, but it's actually good morning. So it's in the like afternoon you have to say bon tardes. Boa tarde. Boa tarde, okay. Okay, okay, learn the official way. I just learned from hearing other people here. <laughs> also, what we've noticed is that the dialect here is, is, is a, a bit different from, I guess, what they speak in Rio. Yeah. So what you learn in Duolingo is, is I mean, it's, 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 it's the same, it's just a different dialect. Anyway, so that's been interesting, but also, like, really lovely. I actually enjoy speaking a different language. I mean, trying to communicate in a different language. It makes... Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it makes you feel like you're actually somewhere else. I don't know. It's it, it's part of like it's a challenge, but I think that's also what makes uh, yeah. You can hear all the traffic in the background. It's like we're we're not close to the the real town, but like yeah, you get the highway and get the, the, the or that might even be the train. Anyway, you know, it's 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 been nice, eh? Yeah, we love it. I mean, we are loving it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, last weekend, um. Talis, Talis. Talis and, and his sister Ty. Yeah, and her partner, uh, Ferdinand, Ferdinando, and Ivy. They took us out to the gallery. Um, we were expecting to just go to like a photographic exhibition because one of their good friends, Max, was holding. He was part of this exhibition. Yeah, he's a and it was, yeah. And it was supposed to be about this particular region. Uh, yeah. Um, that was what the photography was going to be on. But when we arrived, um, there was. The, the, the beginning was photography, his photography, which was really cool. And then it was like this whole interactive experience, I guess. Yeah, that, this, that's, yeah you want to describe it? No, so carry on. This big yeah. room, which has like a few containers in it, so it's not a square room, it's like a room with like uh, steps going up and then projectors on all the walls and on the floor, yeah. and speakers mounted everywhere, so it's like this uh, multimedia installation really so it's it's video but it's also animation and it's projected in such a way that it like moves around or it like you know, it gives it's really special i mean it's a, a, a sort of a projection mapping i've never seen it like I indoors where it's like so immersive mm -hmm. so it was pretty cool um one of the there were i think three three different uh i think there were like more i think there were probably like four or five uh, some of them were just long. I think there was the one, the underwater one. Then there was the, like the spacey, like the city one, and then there was the Paraiba one. There was also a history one, and um... you think it wasn't that the Paraiba one? I knew it. No, the history one was the one of the horses, and there were uh, there were actually yeah. like a lot. There were about yeah, five of them. Maybe yeah. yeah. Anyway, one of the uh, installations or, or projections had his photos in it, which we we already saw in print, and then they showed them on like the projected like really big on the wall uh, yeah which was about like the the um, yeah kind of almost a bit of a tourist um, uh, promo for for the region but really cool and I really got yeah, this well to see also parts of the region we haven't seen like the more inland yeah it looks like it's quite uh, diverse yeah. in, in terms of like how the landscape changes which is really cool and I think mm. I'm still very keen on maybe hiring a car or yeah. catching a taxi there's a place that he was telling us about called um, I think it was Blackstaff you called it no uh, Preda de Boca ah. that was the one that looks like a mouse ah okay and there was another one where St. Francis uh, was it St. Francis? It could be because everywhere here in the market you see St. Francis oh, yeah. he, there's a, with, the, with the birds yes, on his shoulder. There's like a, a cave somewhere um, which also looks really beautiful. He said specifically that the energy is really Yeah, so it's, it's a bit of an esoteric, like, yeah. uh, hippie thing. But that's cool. I mean, it's like, it gives a bit of an impression. Also, when you go to the markets here, you see it's, it's definitely not a hippie town. No. I mean, it's a big city and there's like like well where we are it's mostly fishing and like there's like but you can you can sense that there's definitely also a little bit of like that yeah uh spiritual i call it esoteric maybe that's a uh negative word but anyway uh also spirituality 
mm. um, running through. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think a lot of places in Brazil are, well, we have, this is the first place we see, but like, I think a lot of places in Brazil have a very rich history, which is a combination of uh, native inhabitants, uh, um, the European, um, well, colonizers <laughs> and immigra immigration, and then of the African, African uh, slave trade. Um, so there's like, yeah, very rich and diverse. And even the European, it's like there's at some point the Dutch were in charge here. Obviously, the Portuguese were most of the time. Uh, but it's like, yeah, um, yeah, quite a rich. Feels like there's quite a rich history. But we we haven't really explored any of that, so we can't Not really yet. say much about that yet. We'll we'll probably once we've gone more inland and seen more places, we'll we'll definitely talk a bit more about that. But I think for now we can only really comment on. Our direct experience from walking around and and like being here in in Jacare and Cabadolo and Jao Pasal. First of all, the food is really delicious. Yeah. Like, even if you go to the most simplest of places and you have the simplest of yeah, items, street foods, like yeah. a result or uh, lots of little pa uh, savory pastries and stuff, yeah. it is all good. And then yeah, all the the tapioca. We've really yeah. gotten to appreciate tapioca. And there's like so many different forms of starch, basically. Oh, there's a boat again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, there's a, we had cassava on the weekend because actually after the uh, gallery uh, night, after the gallery experience, they wanted to go have something to eat. So they took us to a place called Couscous. Bagde Couscous, K-U-Z, K-U-Z. Yeah, which is interesting. It's, it's about Couscous, like the, but like, even at the little market here, they've got T-shirts saying like "Love, Peace, and Couscous," or like <laughs> like this image of like two people with guns, like without couscous, and then in the next picture with couscous, they were having flowers. <laughs> so it's like people love their couscous, and it's like I don't I don't understand. I mean, I love couscous too, but like it's it's funny that it's like such a cultural thing here. But anyway, the barbecue couscous, really yeah. really nice food there. Yeah, Ivy was also telling me that apparently. Uh, I think she said end of June, beginning of July, they have a huge festival here where they celebrate corn. Ah. Like the whole corn thing is a huge part of their culture as well. And it's like huge, it's like the picture she was showing me, it's like five days, lots of music, oh, tons wow. of people, colors everywhere. Yeah. It's interesting because yeah. I know it's maize, but yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's interesting maize, that, yeah, the, 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 yeah but that, like, I associate it more with. Mexico, but I guess it's yeah. interesting that it's like this region, maybe. Yeah, yeah, all different regions. I mean, the couscous, the tapioca, the corn, like they're all, mm. they're like yeah, you can see that. And also like the the, the food they make with it, it's, it's quite simple, but it's like so delicious. Eh? Yesterday mm. we went to this tapioca place where they make sort of pancakes out of tapioca. Mm -hmm. So they have the savory ones and the sweet ones, and yeah, also the sweet food. Oh my god, they love. Like they love condensed milk, <laughs> they make everything with condensed milk mixed with either sugar or co uh, cocos. Oh, the other thing, cocos. Coconuts. Oh, there's so many things coconuts, um, yeah, sweet juice, stuff, sickle, juice, sickle, yeah. yeah, fresh, fresh fruit. I mean, I, I guess also the other thing is we come from St. Helena where yeah, there's this, like hardly <laughs> like they have they grow some stuff there, but it's like there's no abundance there there's, at all. there's hardly yeah. any fruit. I mean, we had some really nice bananas, but that's about it. The, for the rest, it was like no fresh fruit. Everything is imported, so it's been on the boat for a month. It's like, yeah, it costs a lot of money, and 
Here it's just like abundance, yeah. All the fruit is just super fresh, cheap. Um, yeah, it's, we, this morning we had a um, fruit salad, it's just mm -hmm. delicious. Like we were saying like pineapple, normally mm -hmm. in South Africa we're not a huge fan of pineapple, but the pineapple here is just so sweet and juicy. Mm -hmm. We had a uh, little uh, melon, melon also Spons same. Spongebeck, yeah. Spongebeck as you call it in Afrikaans. Um, what else? Passion uh, fruit, which you think is even too rich for you. It's like, it's like the taste is so strong. I love passion fruit. Yeah. But except, I mean, yeah, sorry, this one does taste a little more acidic. Yeah. And an apple. Um, um, pop, pop, popo? No. What do you feel called? Oh, we, we had popo yesterday. yesterday yeah. Popo. Yeah. Like also was like super juicy. Mm. Uh, what else did we have? Anyway. Bananas. <laughs> yeah. Now, lovely, lovely food. And also just like the, yeah, we've gotten... I feel like we're all over the place, but we just okay. like all the experiences. So the, I think the um, third day we went to check in with customs and immigration and the port captain, which is actually at the, the navy. Uh, and then we went to a little um, buffet, which is like very popular here for lunch. Yeah. You just have a buffet where you scoop up, and there's two different kinds of buffets. One is where you, they weigh your plate, <laughs> and other ones they don't weigh your plate, which the Brazilians love, because they'll go to the ones where they don't weigh your plate, and they'll just... You know when at a buffet, you just... You pay per plate, so you, you just pile it up. Pile it up. They, they love to do that. And the food is, like, so good. Like, it's not like... I mean, yeah, we've, we've really eaten so well. I love the black beans. They just... Mm. The black beans, it makes this, like... Black sauce, oh, just delicious. That yeah, they usually have tapioca and rice and couscous. And, and then the meats also. Yeah. But um, like the the just for uh, cost idea, mm. like the the place which the first place mm. we went to, they did weigh your food. Um, so I think that was worth something about fifteen per plate or something. You had fifteen. I had eighteen. 18. So that's right. Our, our our friend um, Russell was very hungry and he managed to get. 28, I think, yeah. <laughs> must have followed up. So that's like, he was eating like the Brazilian, so he should, would have gained from going to one of the places where they don't wear your plate. Um, so that's in rail, so... Real, which is, one rail is four rand, but I don't know. So it's about 10, is it 10 or 5 US dollars or euros for real. Anyway, look it up, sorry, we don't really know. Yeah. And then another place we went to where I think that was all, all you can eat kind of vibe. Yeah, well, it's per, you pay per plate, but they don't weigh it. That was yeah. 17. 17 for yeah. a plate, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they actually had like really nice grilled meat also. Anyway, we lo we're loving the food, as you can tell. We're trying to hold back a bit so we don't get, too fat, get fat again. again. <laughs> <laughs> we lost a lot of, well, not a lot. We lost a bit of weight on the passage and now it's coming back. We we're trying to pace ourselves but actually everywhere we've, we've eaten till now it's been it's been just so delicious mm. um, so i think yeah. yeah that's unexpected for me like i don't think that brazil was like really a foodie place did you well, they, they did i mean maria was and and pedro were telling us all the things we definitely needed to try I know, food but that's, that, that was like four items and i thought maybe those were just like the good ones but no, it seems like I everything mean, is actually good the two things they talked to, to us about was music and dance yes and food. Okay, so you can true. tell if that's the things that the people love. You, you know, I mean, for us that sounds like a kind of culture that what we appreciate, where like food mm -hmm. and, and music and dancing are like. Yeah. I mean, that's for them personally, but I think it's also just a thing in here in Brazil. Um, yeah, people love. Seem to love music, live music. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't gone to any live music yet, but um, well. 
You might hear music in the background. Yeah. Um, but maybe we should you should go to like go, go back, back. To, to our experience of arriving here and the first day and then. I thought we spoke about that on Lost. A little bit, but I feel like I want to talk a bit more about it because okay, it does say a bit ahead. about the place here. So yeah, as we said, we it's. You arrive in Cabodalo, which is a river mouth, and then you go up the river. As we explained last week, it was quite a challenge for us without the engine. But luckily, we had the tide with us, which, I mean, we we, we, we made sure we did, because otherwise it would have been impossible. Uh, when we arrived, I think, yeah, we talked a bit about that. You had all the party boats, because it was Sunday night, all the party boats going around, and you can hear some of them in the background. There's also the big uh, power boats, like the... Brazilians, I don't think there's many Brazilians who sail. Actually, Ty and her partner are like, that's, I mean, one of the reasons why Pedro uh, was saying, like, you know, you should meet them because they love sailing. Kind of, in Brazil here, most people who have a boat have like a, a, a power boat, a boat with an engine. And then you've got these big, almost like floats, or how do you call them? Like this barge, isn't it? A, a barge, barge yeah. like with usually two stories. Some of them are massive, which are basically dance floors, floating dance floors, and they just uh, either they go on the river, go like go around, or they just anchor somewhere, and then they just either play live music or they have a DJ or karaoke. Every day at about four o'clock, you hear like somebody a barge coming by with somebody on the speaker or the loudspeaker, yeah. and then people are like. They, they, like, they like it's like call and response so the person <laughs> on the speaker is like saying something and then the people are like <laughs> and then you see them sometimes they're stumping their feet yeah. or they're like bending over and I'm like what the hell is going on <laughs> on that boat but it's like every day yeah uh, from four but yeah. usually they stop around eight it actually ends quite early yeah, it does. even in the weekends we haven't I mean sometimes there's one place that's like plays music a bit later but we haven't really had the like no. that we've been kept up all night so it's I mean, our first experience was a bit like, on the one hand, overwhelming and jarring, but like on the other hand, we were like, we were just so happy to be here and like it didn't really bother us that much. But like that's one, one part of it. Also, as I was saying yesterday, we went to the little market, which is the Jacare Beach, which is like if we walk on the banks here a little bit up uh, upstream, there's this uh, waterfront, I guess. With like mm-hmm. a lot of shops and little restaurants, and every evening there's a guy on a, one of these uh, boats that I explained, the little fishing boats um, that like plays on the saxophone, plays uh, Ravel's Bolero. It's like it's a thing that they've been doing it for years, and it's just experience. Apparently, he's been doing this for 20 years. Yeah. And it's always at sunsets that. Yeah, he ends. Yeah. Like the last note is exactly when the sun sets. So it's like, and people like. There's a lot of people there, even yesterday mm-hmm. it was like a, a Thursday evening, everyone comes for sunset, they watch it and then most people leave or some people go eat something, but yeah. So it's a bit of a, I mean I would say touristy place, but it's actually mainly Brazilians here, but yeah. it's like, it's it's kind of like, on the one hand feels a bit like, I wouldn't say fake, but it's like definitely like something created for mm-hmm. like, but it's like part of like what people do here, so that's, that's it's really nice. We've it seen is such really nice stuff at the shops as well. Yep, I was like, you, you know. after coming from San Angelina, I was just like, this is heaven. <laughs> because. Well, we needed a few new clothes yeah. and new shoes. You already found, well, not there, but like somewhere else, new shoes. Yeah. There's just so much uh, more variety, yeah. it feels like. Yeah. And with people, I mean, it's a lot of like, I mean, we knew that. That's why we also said, like, we'll wait till we get here because I'm sure they've got like bikinis and shorts and. and 
and and and footwear like flip flops mm. or, or sandals because I mean it's Brazil like people mm. love I mean that's what people that's the other thing that I've noticed people go out like pretty much in a bikini bikini with like a, a dress like yeah. dress or bikini pants top, yeah. which is also like the whole body positive yeah. part of Brazil has also been it's really nice uh, which we kind yeah. of uh, I was kind of expecting that, but it's still like when you see it, it's like it's really cool. I mean, also when you go to the beach, you see like all older people. I mean, older than us. That's <laughs> I guess pretty old. <laughs> yeah, and they're just in bikini and they're like, and I mean, you can see. I mean, obviously that's the people who go to the beach, but they're like they take care of their body. There's like, which I guess like on the one hand you could see it as vanity, but I think it's also it's just like a culture where like people are like. Yeah, take care of themselves and are, are like happy to show their bodies, which is also maybe coming from South Africa where it's a bit less like that mm. or it's a bit different. Yeah. Anyway, it's that's something really we really enjoyed. What else? Um, I was just thinking of that guy who was lying on the pavement with the, it was really hot that day. Remember when we went to shop? Shame the the uh, mechanic for our engine. We were asking. We had uh, another yachty here. Uh, Enric, Enrico, and he was like doing translation for us. And uh, yeah, sorry, can you, uh, uh, Enrico was in the boat next to us. He's from Madeira, which is a little island in the Atlantic, which is Portuguese. And he's yeah, anyway. Yeah? We'll talk a bit more about him. Go yeah. for it now. I oh, no, he's, he's, he's he basically he's from Madeira, but he's has been sailing. I think he sailed around the world once already, and now he's just. It sounds like he kind of lives here in Brazil, but then now he's. Off to Argentina and to Patagonia, Patagonia and Cape Horn. He said he's not sure if he's going to go around Cape Horn or not. But anyway, so one of those sailors who just like, like yeah, he goes to places and he's obviously he knows. I mean, he's been here for like so often. Like he says, he's got his family here. He's got his girlfriend and her family. But then he leaves again and then he goes somewhere else and then he'll come back. Anyway, it's Enrico, uh, or people just call him Rick here in English. Sorry. I didn't want to interrupt no, you. No, it's cool. Um, so he was doing translation first because we were trying to get new batteries and then show him the pool. Uh, I mean, this very sweet uh, mechanic drove us around yeah. to, to four or five different shops to get the prices on batteries. Um, and at one of the places, remember, there was like this guy lying in the road on the pavement in the su- oh, and his, his whole beer book was exposed. Uh, I mean, do you remember? It was I can't just, remember that. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. It's like he was cooling his belly. Anyway, um... Yeah, so I suppose the longer we've been here, like we've only been this is our second week, the more we feel like we're getting to know people. Like I think initially yeah. the language barrier is a bit frustrating or a bit like you a bit unsure. Like, also, do you want to speak about being called a gringo? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you. <laughs> what did you mention it last week? No, I, I don't know. No, I don't think we did. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Maybe, I mean, so that was us arriving here and like, yeah, well, the, the art club, we can talk a little bit about that. Well, it's, which isn't, well, I don't know, they call, don't call it a yacht, yacht club, but anyway. Um, but then this, the cool thing was you have three days to check in and also when you check out, you've got three days to leave, which is like much more relaxed than most places. But uh, as anywhere in Brazil, you have to check in with, well, customs and immigration is the same everywhere, but here you also have to check in with the port captain, which is actually the... Um, uh, Navy at the Navy, which is like uh, someone told us here, the Navy is apparently massive. Like they've got mm-hmm. like the third or fourth biggest Navy in the world, and also we have actually we haven't seen any police here. All the police you see is uh, military police. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we went to all few of those places. We actually asked 
um, Nicolas who run who manages the well I'll call it the yacht club even though they, they don't call it the yacht club here um, who speaks English he arranged for us for someone to drive us around who only speaks Portuguese but he, he's used to driving uh, new people around so he brings us to all the places he comes in with us and he explains to the people there what we're there for at some point I'm not sure if it was at the customs or immigration he's just talking to person who's supposed to stamp our papers and he refers to, I mean like I said I understand a little bit of Portuguese or I can I can kind of <laughs> make like make out what and I see they're talking either about us or the other people arriving as gringos and I actually told Kay about this and maybe you can say how you felt about that I was horrified <laughs> she was <laughs> very say, offended to say the least Kay was like <laughs> I was trying to say like no it's not it's just, I mean, we were talking about it with Rick, and he's been here so long, he actually speaks Portuguese, and he says, I'm a gringo. It's like, it's not it's not a negative thing, it's also just, just people, you see most people here in Brazil, even people who come here, tourists, are all from Brazil. Like, it's a huge country, and people come here on holiday, but they don't see that many people from outside of the country. So anyone who's from outside okay. of the con country is gringo. Um, and it, I, I also don't see it as a negative thing, but yeah, Kay was quite offended by it. Yeah, I mean, and uh, we also found the um, uh, Ty's boyfriend uh, on the weekend also, he, he asked, like, have we had any negative experiences that we need clarity on or anything like that? And then Demi brought up the whole Gringo thing and he's like, no, it's not really... Uh, yeah. It's not a, ne a negative. Yeah, yeah. I think he explained it to, to us about yeah. how like there's not that many people from outside the country. So then, um, yeah, I just explained like I feel like when came came from South Africa, like the mm. it's like such a sense like R race. Dis discrimination yeah. or race is such a sensitive thing that like I've ultimately got it like. Yeah. Or even xenophobia. Like, yeah, yeah I've, I've automatically got it like a as a negative as as a little like yeah. A warning yeah. bell goes uh, off in my it, mind it, whenever it, I hear anything that's like that yeah. I consider to be derogatory to anyone. Not yeah. just, I mean, I mean, I suppose this is like a privileged perspective because I don't think anyone I've ever been in a position where I felt like you were the outsider. I was the outsider, but I, I, I am sensitive to it from all all sides. So um, it was just interesting to see. It's not really for them. It's not a derogatory thing. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you want to say a little bit more about the whole checking in experience. I think we talked about it last week, Liv. Did we? Yeah, we must have. I don't know if we did. I feel <laughs> like, just to be sure, we'll talk about it again. Okay, so the the taxi guy was really cool. He, um, We couldn't talk to him. I mean, we tried, I tried, tried communicating with him, but... Anyway, he took us all the places, which was really, really great, because we couldn't have imagined driving or walking to all of those places yeah, and trying I to find mean, it on our own. I think it yeah. would have taken us literally three days to do. Yeah, I mean, it's also, it's one thing, like, someone can tell you where it is and you can take an Uber and then you take the train into town and then you walk there, but it's like, we were still so tired. Plus, also just arriving there and no one speaks English. I think the customs guy spoke English, but apart from that, no one speaks English. So just to explain that we were arriving and, and whatever, it's like, and yeah, we, we were just too tired to, I mean, to even, I mean, otherwise we might have, I mean, it's not like we, I mean, we would have probably managed, but like Kay said, we would have taken us at least two days. 
But yeah, at least two days. <laughs> I think we could have done it in two days, but not in one day like we did. But yeah, the customs guy. You want to talk a bit about him? Uh, the short man. The short man. I'm going to say that because we were warned by other sailors <laughs> that, that like this guy is like full of shit. Is is grumpy and he's just, I mean, it, I guess it should, I, I don't know how they described it, but basically sounded it was difficult or like giving you a hard time. So we already knew this. We've got the Portuguese um, and the Brazilian talking to him. And actually, the, even when the, our driver talked to him, it was like quite short and grumpy to him. Mm. And you just like, you, I mean, he spe actually spoke English, but you still like tried to do most in Portuguese and yeah, sit down and then give me this, this and this. I mean, I was in Portuguese, I think, but we understood enough. So we give it to him and we give one paper that actually was for another place. And he's like, I didn't tell you to give me this. <laughs> like, in a really grumpy, like... And then he goes to the back for a while and it sounds like he's like shouting or venting <laughs> to someone. <laughs> and even when we left the final place that we had to go, he he stopped our taxi driver on the side and was shuffling through all his papers. And that like, was after we checked. I know, I'm just saying. It was like, done, yeah. It's like being very uh, expressive in yeah. his frustrations at having to do his job. <laughs> yeah. Well, we thought it was actually, I mean, compared to when I mean, we talked about checking in in Walvis Bay and how much trouble we had there, this didn't feel even... It didn't feel serious. No, it, it was almost like, we like serious, yeah. yeah, it didn't feel like we were seriously in, like, in trouble no. or like something bad was going to happen. It just felt funny. Uh, I guess yeah. also because we, we, we were already expecting and we were also like, but this time I guess we knew it's just like... I mean, that's just, you just get those kind of people. Um, no, it was Especially quite funny. They keep them, I think they like look for those kind of people to put in, in immigration. <laughs> well, this was actually customs, which normally immigration is the one yeah, I'm scared of. Because immigration, the, I mean, customs could also tell you. I mean, customs is basically for allowing your boat into the country. And immigration is for allowing you into the country. But I feel like if someone's going to... I mean, every time we've had a hard time, it's been at immigration, and that's what you kind of expect. Customs, mm. I don't usually don't expect any difficulties. Do you remember? Uh, did we mention that the, the one guy he went to immigration and they were asking him for his vaccine, vaccination? Ah, and so, he, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so we were uh, saying, poor Jan. So uh, we were sitting there, and he was. Oh, we were waiting for like an hour or something at, at which place was it? There was customs. At customs, and um, Jan was telling us that there's somebody, one of the other sailors that he knows, he arrived. So maybe to say who Jan is. He's another sailor. Who was checking out? Yeah, and um, he, it was like it also took him two days to check out. But anyway, yeah. he um, he was telling us that. Um, no, I've lost my train of thought. Just, Sorry. Do you want to mm. tell the story? Oh yes, oh yes. So um, the guy was asked for his vaccination papers, and he he didn't have them, so he just gave the vaccination card of the dog <laughs> of his dog. <laughs> yeah, or I think it was even like they were asking him for the the papers of the of the boats, and he didn't have papers for the boat, and he just gave him like it's like it looked like official paper, and like, obviously they're just like okay, I just stamped it and it was fine. I think they said there was somewhere in, in Senegal or somewhere who, who went past as West Africa. Anyway, sounds very. I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like after a while, you you realize like sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's like sometimes you spend days trying to check in, and in the end, it's just like. I mean, the thing is with sa sailing you're there on a boat so I mean if you have to leave quicker than you were planning to it's pretty stressful 
you have to change your plans and whatnot. But at least you've got your boat and you can just sail to the next place. It's not like. Uh, uh, sorry, I just to check the thing is still recording. Oh, yeah, it does say low battery though. The batteries are quite low. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, so it's it's part of the experience of a sailor. But like, I mean, I guess you also have to be ready to like if it. I mean, the thing is, if you fly somewhere and they turn you back, you're on the next plane back to the place you came from, and that's the end of your holiday. If you're in a boat, it's just like, okay, well, we go somewhere else, and there's a new adventure. It's going to be stressful, but I, I feel like it's it's also kind of, yeah, you kind of have to... I mean, there's, I feel like there's usually more leverage, more I mean, more wiggle room when you're on a boat than, than on a plane. Yeah, it feels... I suppose you don't have to organize your visa in advance and all of that. Usually but not. I think we need to... Um, wrap it up. Because yesterday we, we wanted to go back to what we were saying in the beginning about the bed. Yesterday we took a... I was feeling a bit restless when you woke up. So <laughs> she literally said, I don't want to spend another day just on the boat and at the yacht club. <laughs> so, Demi came. I just wanted to go to the fruit shop to get some fruits. And then Demi's like, let's just go to the little village. Yeah, there's... Jacare. Jacare, there's some shops there that he hadn't been to. So we found a shortcut through. Um, which is actually quite nice because we walk through the trees and through yeah. the field. Um, down the river, the other side then where the little uh, waterfront is, so down downstream and then yeah, through the fields. As opposed to like walking on the main road, which is quite industrial and cementy and stuff. So we were walking that way uh, and then the other lady that cleans at the yacht club, she actually came through and she told us which way to go. So we had to walk a plank to get, ah, yes. to get across the stream <laughs> and then... Uh, we anyway we got to the main to the main well to the suburb so out the field into the suburb and then we were walking and then we saw this dog that looked really really bad it was like super skinny he was lying on his side looked like he had a poo and like while he was sleeping like literally while he was sleeping he was super skinny I thought he was like dying so we um, took note of where he was and we went to the we went to the bed we had to wait a while to get to the bed and then we asked the vet about if someone can please come and euthanize this dog because he's, I thought he was, we thought he was dying. Yeah, and it just like would be the humane thing to do. Is yeah, just... put this dog out of his misery. And she said she doesn't do it, so she gave us a contact number for someone who does. Um, uh, and then we made contact with the guy. Anyway, we went into our fruit shopping, went back past the dog to take a photo, take note of the street name and and the house number. Yeah, the pin. Yeah, the location. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we sent it to the deed and like really nice actually they've got he comes out in his car and he will like assess an animal wherever you are so the animal's in, in a dire straits so in the afternoon he came by the yacht club and he picked me up and I was prepared because he said that he only uh, euthanizes he doesn't take care of the body so we were prepared to like have to go back there later on and dig a very, hole basically very yeah. and then uh, show him he went there <laughs> and then well, we went there. I had to show him where the dog was. Um, and then he tried to... He put the... What do you call it? A stethoscope, eh? To do the heart monitoring of the dog. And then the dog jumped up. I was like, God, this thing actually can move. Um, and he, he just went, like, like two houses down. So not that far. And then he, he tried to put the uh, leash on the dog. The leash is, like, so flippant short. It's the circle part that goes on the dog's, around the dog's neck. But what's left over of the leash is, like... Less, it's like 20 centimeters. I'm like, what's the flipping point? So he tries to put this on the dog, and the dog starts growling at him, and he's like, no, at atakiko at or something. Oh. Like, this dog is going to attack me. And I was like, okay, so we're busy. He's got his phone, and I've got Demi's phone, and we're trying to Google Translate to communicate with each other. 
He's like, this dog's gonna attack me. So I'm like, what do we get? What what can we do? <laughs> and he's like, no, it's gonna attack me. And then I'm like, can you tranquilize it? And he's like, yes, I can tranquilize it, but it's gonna attack me. <laughs> yeah, before it's <laughs> Then he's like, uh, so then he's like, um, he gets the thing around the dog's neck, and then he's like, does this dog belong to <laughs> to anyone? And I'm like, I don't know, but I did notice when we arrived that somebody was selling stuff out there, garage basically. So I was like, maybe we can ask the neighbor. So then he tells me to hold the leash. <laughs> so I'm like, now this dog's like aggressive. I have to hold this 20 centimeter leash. I like put my bu- push my bum back as far as I can and stretch my arms forward as far as I can so that I can be as far away from the dog as possible. But he's pretty chilled. And he goes and talks to the people and he figures out that somebody is feeding the dog. Anyway, long story short. Um... He decides, no, that this dog is actually savable. I think it's interesting because the word that they use is sacrifice. He said to me, like, there's no need to sacrifice this dog. Oh, in the in the translated yeah, is. I mean, I guess it's yeah. just the translation of the Portuguese word. Yeah. It sounds beautiful. Yeah, it is. He's like, we can we can uh, help it with medicine. And he was asking me, is this okay? And I was like, yes, of course. <laughs> this is okay. So we managed to get some medicine for the doggy. Uh, so that's... And then you gave it to the person who was... The neighbor. We actually gave it to the, the neighbor dog. so that he could give it to the... They said the houseboy feeds the dog. Ah, okay. So he was going to pass it on to the houseboy to to give to the animal, to the doggy. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably just, when we walk past, I mean, go past there a few times just to see how yeah. the doggy's doing. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I thought it was really rad that they have such an offering. Yeah. That somebody will come out and do that. Um, I had to pay for the vets. I think the vet's fee was like 120 rail, three times about four. 400. It's rand. nothing. Yeah. 500 rand. Yeah. Just under 500. It's yeah, really. Definitely less than if you would go to a vet, yeah. let alone basically get a house call. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that was yesterday. Yeah. Also, maybe we could oh, talk about. The donkeys. Yeah, well, I was going to just talk yeah. about animals in general, but yeah, so there's. Everywhere... Then the donkeys are... The, the donkey. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh. We'll talk about the donkeys yeah. also. So everywhere... Like, you got a lot of... Yeah, carry on. A lot of street... Well, not street dogs, because they're all... They're skinny, but not, like, like unhealthy skinny. They're just, like... You can see they're being they're lean. fed. They're yeah. They're lean. They're just, like... But they're, they're like, the typical, like, mixed breeds, like, medium-sized, medium-small dogs. Mm. Not small like Coco. But like medium-sized dog, and they're just on the street. Like they, mm-hmm. some of them are like behind the gate, or like I guess more like guard dogs, and then others are just walking on the street. But all of them have been like, I mean, even with us walking with Coco, we've never. I don't think any of the dogs felt like threatening. No. Some th- some of them we would just take Coco, like we keep her closer just to be sure. But I've never felt like any of them are are like dangerous. No. And then we've noticed like the people who actually have dogs that like keep their dog on the like with them when they go shopping all small dogs like mm. coco size and then cats you see a lot of cats also all of them are like tiny and mm. and pretty skinny but they're they're well fed like i think i mean yeah well they are fed so they're fed they're not yeah. well fed they're yeah. usually very skinny and small but then you also have the donkeys which are just like everywhere you see like a piece of grass there'll be like some donkeys or small horses or mules so they sometimes they're on like uh, sort of a leader rope that's tied up, but some of them seem to just be stay where they are. People just um, so obviously they, they belong to someone, but they're just 
go feed where there's grass. And then yesterday when we went to Jacare, we were actually, like, I think we were just at the pet shop or, or, or at one of the shops, and we see two relatively small, not, not babies, but like juvenile, like, like teenagers, juvenile yeah. donkeys run, but like run really fast. Even the people who were walking there were all like Jump jumping out of, the, out way. of the way. And it's just like, what's this? So they're not used to seeing that. Then like this, both of them stop and the one starts biting the other one like on the ears and they're obviously fighting. Then out of one of the shops on the other side of the street, this guy comes running and it's like a bit of a, like a, a jump karate kick. Not like to hurt the donkey, but the one who's attacking the other one to like kind of pushing off the other one. And then both of the donkeys just go running again after each other. It's like... He just hit, hit it on the upper thigh. Yeah. 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 It's bottom of his foot. Well, this case, it's pretty... <laughs> yeah, sorry, the battery just died. So yeah, we just... We did tell the story about the donkey. <laughs> So the other thing I want to tell you was about what Coco did yesterday. Ah yes, yes, I forgot about that. Long that was on the way back from our little outing where we first saw the dog who we thought was dying and then the donkeys uh, fighting each other. So we're walking back uh, on this little, there's this little patch of grass with some trees in between like the little village the suburbs and then going to the river um, and there's also well some horses and maybe donkey or mule I can't remember anyway and we know Coco is like she loves to chase horses and donkeys and actually cows she just goes berserk she just like out of control so we put her on the leads as we're walking there, because like as soon as she can smell or see them, she'll just want to go for them. So at some point, the the horse, one of the horses that we couldn't see, whinnied, and Coco obviously heard. Ah. And that's she started turning around, wanting to go in that direction, but we had her on lead, so we we're just like, come, 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 and she she was coming. But we got out the field, um, and Demi said he went ahead to go see if there were any horses. Like like further river, along, yeah. and they weren't so. He said, "Okay, once we got to the corner, we'll take off lead." He took off lead, and she kind of looked behind. Like she thought for a moment about running back, but she didn't. She kept on walking, and the next thing, she snuck in. There was a, like a little fisherman's house on the corner there. She snuck in under the gate. There's like a door or gate. Yeah. There was a hole at the bottom. She snuck in, ran to this guy's property, <laughs> all the way to the back. And there was like a uh, there was like a gap in the wall or something there, and she got through the gap, and she was. Like, so I'm obviously now running. I told Demi stay at the top of the property in case she comes back this way, so you can catch her. Um, I'll run down. I climbed through a barbed wire fence because I saw she was like right at the feet of a horse, barking her little head off. <laughs> and this horse was like so chilled, he was just grazing, like he didn't even like notice that she was even there. He was more scared of me it seemed than he was of her. Um, so I slowly climb in under the barbed wire fence and I'm like, how am I going to get it? Because every time I get close to her, she runs to the other side of the back of the horse. <laughs> so I'm like walking around the horse. I don't want to go behind the horse because I don't know this horse and I don't know if it's going to kick at me or... So I'm... Eventually, I just was like, okay, maybe if I catch, because she's in a bit of a trance, she's like in a barking trance. Yeah, the... so, yeah, sorry. No, carry on. Yeah, well, like we said, like when she gets with horses like that, she just, normally, if you call her, she'll like look up and then she'll decide if she wants to listen to you or not. But when she's in this mode, she doesn't even hear you. No. You can stand right next to her, shout at her, and she'll just 
like she it's not even like she's ignoring you she just can't hear you because she's just completely like all she can think about is that horse so i thought like okay what am i gonna do <laughs> so i decided i'm gonna take her lead and i'm gonna like hit it on the grass because maybe it will snap her out of her <laughs> trance so i do this but then the horse gets a fright <laughs> and runs off and obviously Coco's like hot on his heels literally <laughs> and they run both run out of this enclosed area so I climb back out through the fence and I'm like really pissed now <laughs> like, so I start trying to call Dimmy and Dimmy's like half deaf <laughs> <laughs> true and he's not hearing me I can just hear him on the other side going Coco hoping that she'll come back that side <laughs> so I'm like getting more and more mad because I'm like this dog is going to end up on the road like knocked over or I like was disappear. afraid she was gonna be trampled and just like that was gonna be the end of our dog but I'd already seen how this horse is not like reacting no, to no but it. I didn't see that no. when you called me yeah. I'm just like oh my god this is like yeah so I have to walk halfway up the the path to get Demi to hear me and then he comes and then um, I start walking back towards Coco <coughs> she's now by um, two horses Two horses around are grazing next to this like stagnant water that's like sitting there. She's still just like barking a little head off. But now she's getting really tired because she's been probably been barking for like 15 minutes. <laughs> and she wants to take a sip of the water. <laughs> so. Oh, which is like, yeah. looks pretty gross. <laughs> but I managed to like, she, she went to the water like once and then she ran back to the horses and carried on barking. And then she went again to try and get some more water. And I, that's when I was able to grab her, her lead, her collar. And I pulled out and I was so pissed I wanted to like, jeez, I was like so angry. <laughs> you basically, you hold the lead as short as you could and like basically you're pulling Coco along <laughs> like her neck is like <laughs> half suffocating. But she's like, Coco is like she's so happy. happy. She's at such a blast. She doesn't even care. You can see, she, she, she's just like, it's like having the time of her life. Like not even like really realizing she's in trouble <laughs> or not caring. So that was, uh, yeah. yeah, we said she was never going to be allowed off the boat ever again, but then obviously, yeah. you know, I said she's going to be on the boat for four days. Yeah, and uh -huh. she's never going to be off lead ever again. And she's already been one of those things. Yeah, so, well, luckily we forgave her, but yeah, it was pretty stressful <laughs> as dog parents. Yeah, anyway. But yeah, what I wanted to say also about how the relationship I feel like Brazilians have with the animal. I mean, it's hard to tell, obviously, because we can't. But just from what we've seen, like, there's a lot of dogs that are, like, roaming the street, but all of them are, are fed. You can see their, their, yeah. their, their skin, their fur is, is healthy. Mm -hmm. That's why you could tell this one was really not not doing well, because it was really, you could see the ribs, which is normally, normally they're just lean, but they're not skinny, skinny. And the same with the cats, they're, like, all pretty skinny and like small but they're like they're not unhealthy mm -hmm. so you can tell that people are taking care of them you see like you should see like people just leave food out on the pavements all over the place and cardboard boxes especially yeah. for the cats the cats all live in these small cardboard boxes like yesterday actually we walked past somewhere there's like five boxes next to each other <laughs> which is obviously where all the cats <laughs> sleep and then you get the little bowls with water and and food so yeah and uh, even in like a lot of the shops some of the shops, I mean, especially the pet shops, but like, or just outside shops, they've got water and they got food and they're just... Uh, oh yeah, the one shop we went to, actually, we, we posted it on Instagram, this big uh, home improvement shop. You got the oh, yeah. trolleys for kids and then you got a trolley for your pets. So it's a little 
cage with like a little, it's shaped like a house with a door that closes so you can put your pet in there and you can take them in the shop. They're like in enclosed so they can't run around but you can take them with you which is we've never seen that anywhere. No, so that's it's pretty like, cool. It's obviously that people do care about their pets it's just a little bit I guess different than from what we're used to maybe where like pets are like someone's pet and then someone keeps them inside and they're like usually very well fed of like sometimes overfed like like the more I mean in South Africa like I think everywhere you go to the vet there they actually have posters to see if your vet is obese or not so I guess it's just a little bit different but I would say that people do care about the animals it's just a different way of caring yeah. about them and I guess it's also more the animals are like more free like mm-hmm. they roam the street and they're like a bit of more everyone's responsibility which I guess is not when we see like when we, for instance in Hard Bay where you see the dogs that are like mm. homeless yeah, that's... The, they're, they're not fed, they basically have to fend for themselves and that's also I think where they're often a bit more aggressive. Yeah. Here like all of them have been like very chilled. Very chilled, like even the street dogs like, like they're like we've never been scared of for ourselves and even not even for Coco who's like she's small and she barks a lot so she would she and, and I mean and, yeah, she would get in trouble. I mean we've we've told the story of how uh, she came to us which was because she was attacked by other dogs. So we know she can be a bit, well, how she gets with horses, is she's even cheekier or as cheeky with, with dogs, other dogs. Um, but yeah, it's, we've never felt unsafe for her or us, so it's, yeah. But that's, like, I guess that's the impressions we've had for, about Brazil. A lot about food, a lot about animals. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm sure really we'll, lovely, we'll, like friendly people yeah, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, Thales and Ty have been super friendly with, like, Helping actually everyone mm, here, like everyone. all the people at the yacht club. Um, Sarah, Sarah, the diesel mechanic. Uh, everyone's been just like, also like, I mean, like him driving us around. We like, can we? We actually asked, asked uh, Rick and Rico, like, can we give him something? He's like, no, no, it's fine. And we gave him like a bottle of cachao which is like what you make the caipirinhas uh, with and he was just very surprised and like happy to get something because he wasn't expecting anything in return so now people have been super friendly and yeah, we, we really love it and we're looking forward to like yeah um, seeing a bit more yeah. yeah I mean we've mainly been in here in, in Jacare and a little bit like Cabodelo like it's mm-hmm. actually the place we often go to the shops and to the beaches in Termares and we've been to Jalpasau two or three times, I think. So we definitely want to see a bit more of Jalpasau. And then once once the things on the boat are sorted, like I think we'll, we'll go inland and ex- explore a bit more. I was just thinking that, that we should see how long it's going to take for the boat stuff to be sorted because if they have to order parts, hmm. maybe it's maybe we want to go yeah, do touring and all of that before, while, while, while we're waiting for the parts yeah. to arrive. So yeah. we'll have to make that uh, call. Cool. But yeah, yeah but we, we're definitely planning to stay the, the maximum we can here in Brazil, three months, and we'll we'll try to extend for another three months, which we're not 100% sure of how easy it is, but we'll, yeah, we'd love to spend, well, we'd love to spend a lot of time here, because from everyone, I mean, yeah, the people we know, like, both from Sao Paulo and, and Rio, either moved here or love it so much here that they're thinking of moving here so it's like it's definitely from what we've heard it's like it's more a bit more 
chill it's definitely like we're in winter here now and it's like really nice weather uh apparently it's a little bit less a bit, bit more poor but we haven't noticed that because mm -hmm. it's i think the other side of that is that the divide between rich and the poor is less than what i've heard it is in rio in sao paulo and what we're used to in seeing in south africa which actually gives much more like a nicer experience we haven't we've hardly seen any homeless people there are some around but like not that often um so yeah i mean it's definitely this this region which is uh, the northeast is like i think for a lot of brazilians their favorite region so we want to spend a lot of time here exploring with more and just like yeah spending some time here and then we'll after that we'll make our way south and definitely visit um yeah other places like rio and salvador these are two places we think we're very keen to see but yeah, yeah you'll hear all about that in later episodes yes thanks so much for listening yes um yeah and as always feel free to get in touch uh, if you've got any comments or questions or feedback or if you just want to say hi um we'll be back next week okay bye, bye.